And I can believe it's not butter. <laughs> Hi, I'm Sydney, and what can I get started for you today? Oh, no. Yes. Do you have a specific customer service voice? What's your customer service voice sound like? I guess it depends on where I've worked, because when I'm working in a gymnastics facility, it was a lot more sing-songy and a lot more like kindergarten. Uh, but when I was working at the coffee shop, it was a lot more like, hi, the sun does <laughs> hi, the sun does shine out of my ass. What would you like to drink today? <laughs> what yeah. stupid chocolate ice cream drink can I make for you and your girlfriend that won't stop making out at the counter? What sticky substance are you going to make me get all over my arm today? Well, what are we talking about today? Today we're talking about um, customer service in general, question mark. Just the life of a customer service employee. I think so. And I think that, that we can kind of apply it to like retail, restaurants. Yeah. You know. I've never worked retail, thank God. But between the two of us, we have had every job. <laughs> oh my gosh there was one year that i got four four five i think you got five because i got four you beat me uh, yeah i got five w-2s <laughs> <laughs> i was filling out my taxes and i was like this is a joke <laughs> so yeah sydney and i combined probably have like at this oh my god at this point like at least a decade of customer service experience ew Ew. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Never again. Okay, this podcast is over. Goodbye. <laughs> um, I want to start off with a quote to set the mood from one of my favorite books, Kitchen Confidential, by the late Anthony Bourdain. He wrote about working in a restaurant, but I think it's good for life in general. Assume the worst about everybody. But don't let this poisoned outlook affect your job performance. Let it all roll off your back. Ignore it. Be amused by what you see and suspect. Just because someone you work with is a miserable, treacherous, self-serving, capricious, and corrupt asshole shouldn't prevent you from enjoying their company, working with them, or finding them entertaining. Oh. It's so good. I've worked with a lot of capricious and corrupt assholes. And then I've also worked with my best friend. Oh. Sometimes those two things are the same thing. You can be two things. So Sydney and I both worked at a coffee shop together. Mm -hmm. We have been, um, we actually both worked uh, in different roles at the restaurant next to the coffee shop, or not next to, inside the same building as a coffee shop. I catered mm -hmm. weddings. Sydney sometimes catered weddings, but also was a server. I was a server at an Italian restaurant. I was a server at Fats. Uh, not spine. <laughs> I will never stir a fat's cafe again. Not after what they did uh, to me last time. You remember that? Yes, it's been atrocious. Every even working there, every single time I've stepped foot into a fat's, it's been the worst experience of my life. And adding the, to it, <laughs> the last time I went to Fat's Cafe, I. Ordered a like shrimp platter, fish platter thing. It took them an hour to bring me my food. And when they did, it was just a plate of shrimp. It was like easily twenty dollars worth of shrimp. <laughs> I was just like, thanks, but like, 
Well, at that point, we had been sitting there for so long that we were like, can we get to go play? Yeah, you got your, did you get your food on it before I did? Yeah, I think I was sitting there staring at a salad for probably 30 minutes. <laughs> I could like see the waitress texting. I feel like we can have these conversations about this situation too, because we've been, I, I literally have been the waitress at Fats. There is, you can do better. We were like two of the only yeah. people in the whole restaurant. Real, for real. Now, in that moment, that was like the most disappointed and sad I'd ever been in my entire life. And I was just like trying not to cry over my 20 pounds of fried shrimp. But I'll tell you what. When I was laying in bed afterwards eating 20 pounds of pride shrimp, it did feel kind of good. <laughs> like, thank you, actually, for delivering me this later, better experience. <laughs> did I ever tell you th about the time that the fats waitress yelled at me because I didn't tell her that she got my order wrong? No. So Daniel and I, I think it was Daniel and I, were eating at Fats and Gaffney because there's three restaurants in Gaffney. And, uh... I ordered, I think, grilled chicken tenders and sweet potato fries. And some other table must have ordered grilled chicken fingers and regular fries. So she brought me regular fries with the chicken tenders that I ordered. And Daniel got the correct food. And so I was like, oh, well, am I really going to like send this back to get a different kind of fry? No, I'll just eat french fries because that's what I truly wanted anyway. I just was going to be better and order the sweet potato fries. <laughs> well, like 15 minutes later, she comes wheeling around the corner and she goes, why didn't you tell me I got your order wrong? I was like, uh, it's not really a big deal. It's okay. The fries are good. Haha. -ha. And she goes, no, I give the other table the wrong food. And now they have to wait on their order. Were you going to give them the food that you'd put in front of me? That I've already eaten, right? I was like, um, that's not my problem. <laughs> Why would they be upset about getting an extra order of fries? Right. I will say, the customers I had at the Fats and Gaffney, because it was a highway Fats and it was only people from out of town traveling through. Is there any other type of Fats? Yeah, there are a few <laughs> in like old. I ain't never seen Fats in a strip mall. <laughs> Yes. Okay. That's the, what exactly the word I was looking for. And there are fats in strip malls. I think that the, uh, uh -uh. oh my God, what's the town? Or Presbyterian colleges. I think that they have a strip mall fat. Uh, Clinton? Clinton. I think Clinton has a strip mall fat. I could be making <laughs> that up, but it's right around there. I think Clinton's got a strip mall fat. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, get dressed up. Don't wear no damn t-shirt or shit we're going to the strip mall fats we're having a nice date <laughs> yeah one time i got yelled at um because i didn't understand the order that a customer was trying to give me it's just a man and his wife i assume and he was being so rude but she was the one that was ordering for him and he ordered two dinners with four sides and he didn't tell me that he wanted one of the dinners to go, but he actually didn't want the whole dinner to go. He wanted two entrees, and he wanted both of the sides for the second entree to go. Ugh. None of this was communicated to me. This happened to me once. I bring out everything, and now he's like, I actually want this to go, and I was like, no problem, let me take it back, and let me box it up or whatever, and he's like, oh, you took too long, and... 
I didn't you even really want dinners. this anyway. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you got plenty of time. <laughs> I was really lucky to have a good assistant manager when I worked there. And he's like, oh, my God, this guy is such a butthole. He comes in here. Oh, I guess he wasn't from out of town because apparently he'd come through before. Because my manager wheels out and goes, um, this meal is free. Don't come back. It was so <laughs> glorious. Damn. <laughs> I mean, he was causing a right stink. One time I was waiting on a table. Um, it was like a 12 top or something. And mm-hmm. I had it all set up. And they come in and I was at the bar when they came in. And I watched them wheel this decrepit old woman to the end of the table and they attached some balloons to her chair and I'm looking at the balloons and I'm like trying to put it together like how old this person is because she got like uh it was like a happy first birthday and then a happy 15th birthday and I was like no 115 and I walked over that bitch was 115 years old they dragged her old ass bones to the Sullivans her birthday. When I tell you that woman was not there for the experience. <laughs> <laughs> and her family was like a fucking pain in the ass too. I don't work at Sullivan's anymore, so I feel like I can say this. But um Oh my god, like half of them didn't show up because they have like allergies or something and they couldn't leave their houses. And then, so why are they wheeling grandma out? <laughs> well, if your 115 year old grandmother can leave the house, but you can't, something has gone terminally wrong <laughs> in your genealogy. <laughs> <laughs> but oh my god, and they were like, I would take their orders, and they were ordering like three things at a time where mm. they wanted like some things as appetizers and some things as entrees, but they didn't tell me which, and a lot of them got like the entree or like okay so this old ass woman wanted a crab cake for her appetizer the 115 year old yeah and then someone wanted the crab cake appetizer so when appetizer came out she ate it and then he complained that his crab cake was cold when it got i don't know it was a whole thing and don't yell at me yell at nana I know, and I was like, they kept asking if we had bendy straws, too. I was like, you want me to pull a bendy straw out of my ass? No, we don't have bendy straws. <laughs> oh, gosh. What's the um, what's the worst experience you've ever had as a server? We'll get to other jobs that you've had, but as a server, what do you think your worst experience has been? Relive that trauma with me. Probably that. Like, that's the thing yeah. that I like lay in bed at night and think about like that time Mm -hmm. that I had to wait on that table and they were like they were mad that I charged them a um gratuity for their 12 top (laughs) because they said they weren't going to give me a tip because I was such a waitress you okay you actually just reminded me of a one of my worst experiences. I've blocked a lot of it out, probably. So, like, as I sit here and try and recall my actual worst experience as a server, I can't pick out one. But there was one time, it was fresh in my training while I was at FATS, and there was, I think, it was a big party. Maybe it was 20, and it was split into, like, two tin tops. And they were side by side. And the person that I was being trained with who was also helping me work the table. She was like, I think that they're going to tip better 
than if we charge a 20% gratuity. So we can either do the 20% or we can like just hope that somebody has deep pockets in this family. And she was like, I want to hope for the deep pockets because I feel like this family's been really nice, whatever. There were some people I would wait on. They'd get pissed off if you did a gratuity, but they would tip well. You just kind of had to like, yeah, feel it out. Yeah. And if you did one, you really couldn't do the other, whatever. So uh, she's like, let's go with that. And I'm only like a week into this. And the last job I had, we there was no... When I worked at the family Italian restaurant, we never did like a 20% thing. It was just like whatever they wanted. So I was like, yeah, 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 whatever's fine. They tipped us like $5 for two hours of work to split Ugh. between us. Yeah. I... To split between you? I got a check one time working there for 26 cents <laughs> for two weeks. <laughs> Jesus. To make up for my tips to reach, you know, minimum wage or whatever. 26 cents that this corporate entity decided to mail me. I should have kept it as a souvenir. No, I'd be like, I'm pissed off. I'm going to make a bank pay more money to process this thing. <laughs> I'm kidding. The paper, the paper, especially check paper, because if you screw it up, it's like kind of expensive to replace. I bet the yeah. check paper costs more than what they paid me. Way more sure uh, the school i go to won't even like cut checks under a certain amount so like <laughs> one of the wholesalers where i work now won't draft less than a dollar so like even electronically it doesn't make sense <laughs> oh um have you ever dropped a tray of food um i haven't dropped a tray of food but i have dropped an entire pitcher of ice water Ugh. i dropped a tray of food it's Mm. I forget that I worked there most of the time. I forgot you worked there too. I worked at a restaurant one time that had the weirdest toxic environment. I tried to block out that I worked there. Like I remember every once in a while that I wasted two months of my life there and I like kind of cringe at the thought. Um that's where I dropped the entire tree of food. Um there was a moment in my life where I would get up at 6 a.m. I would go open the coffee shop and work until 11 and I would go work at this restaurant until um like three or so to do the lunch service which no one ever came ain't nobody ever came to that I made no money I wasted so much time there and then at three it was an oyster restaurant right yeah yeah who goes to get oysters once I don't know they have good food they I would still go get food there but like Nobody came to lunch. It was like a new lunch service, so whatever. And then, at 3 o'clock, I would haul my ass back to the Sullivan's building and wait tables until 11, and, like, that was just my, my daily routine. And, um... Hence the 4W2s that year. Yeah. And, uh, there was one time, like, later in this, um, where I was really tired, naturally, um, and I was coming upstairs with a giant tray of food because they were actually in the restaurant, which was insane. And they had this mat at the top of the stairs, um, and it had pulled up. And so my non-slip shoe hit the wood when I th- thought it was going to hit carpet. So it like stuck oh, no. and I lunged forward and I, like smashed my knee on the ground and like food oh. went everywhere. It was traumatizing i wanted to crawl under a rock and just die (laughs) 
I would sink into the crack in the floor underground. <laughs> I would turn into an oyster and let somebody eat me. <laughs> okay, when you say that you fell with the tray of food, I just imagine little tiny oysters like flying out of the <laughs> shells across the room. If that makes you feel better to picture it, yes, that's what happened. Oh. It wasn't a big restaurant either. You probably covered some ground. Yeah. You took one trip from the first stair and you fell halfway across the restaurant. The worst part was we had a fish special and there was only one more fillet of that fish and I dropped it on the ground and the person really wanted it and I felt really bad. They probably felt worse for you. It's okay. Say love you. I know. I thought I thought my boss was going to make me pay for it all, but at the end he was like, mistakes happen and I like almost started sobbing. <laughs> I work next door to this restaurant at a um, craft brewery. Well, not brewery, <laughs> a craft tap room. It's like, it's like a Russian doll of jobs. Like every time we mention a story, like we're like, oh, I have this job and oh, I have this job and oh, I have this job. Okay, wait, let's go through all the jobs you've had. So I started my job at the coffee shop that we're referencing uh, when I turned 16. I worked there. I worked at the family italian restaurant then i got an internship at a local bookkeeping service then i moved to college and started working at fats no no, no. was i working at the gym before fats i don't think so no yeah because and, you were you weren't doing the internship until you got to AU. that's true okay so it went that's right because i had to cut short my time at the gym so i worked Coffee you shop, Italian place in high school. Yeah, coffee shop, Italian place. College started. I was in Gaffney. I worked at Fats. I decided I wasn't going to go to that college anymore. I went to the college in my hometown. I got a job at the gym that my friend worked at, a gymnastic studio, not like a Planet Fitness. Um, so I worked the office at the gymnastic studio. I then got an internship working at a bookkeeping firm. After that ended, I was only doing the gym. Then I started working once I turned 21 in the craft beer tap room. I got an internship at Target. And then finally, oh, I I catered weddings with Sullivan's. And then finally, I started working at my actual graduated degree job at an accounting firm in Greenville. And now I work for a healthcare group in Charleston. <laughs> Jesus. We're only 24. You're still 24. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I will turn 24 in, or I will turn 25 in December. <laughs> I haven't had quite that many, but I've had a few as well. Um, I worked, my first job was at the um, country club that I lived at. Um, <laughs> yeah, I would um, fold up invoices and put them in envelopes. <laughs> and send them off um and then i worked um like kind of dog sitting odd jobs and then i worked at the coffee shop i think is that when i started working at the coffee shop i think so because when i i remember bringing up the idea of you working at the coffee shop and us talking about it whenever we were doing our group project for ap literature and we were mm -hmm. sitting there writing poetry behind the counter of the coffee shop <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I know I started working there freshman year of college but um yeah yeah and then I worked an internship at the Chicago History Museum and then 
I came back and kept working at a coffee shop. Then I started waiting tables at the same country club. And then I waited tables at Sullivan's and the unnamed restaurant. And then I moved up here and started going to law school. And I've worked at the DOJ and the International Foundation for Art Research. And now I have an internship at the Cleveland Museum of Art. So that's 10. Oh, were we counting? I didn't even count mine. <laughs> I just had my fingers out. So I was like, mm, 10. And I think the most that you and I were both working together concurrently was like three at a time. Because at one point, you were waiting at two restaurants and working at the coffee shop. And I was doing the coffee shop, the front office of the gym, and Growler, well, the beer yeah. tap room. <laughs> I can't believe And we were both in school, too. found time to hang out with each other. It's because we worked everywhere downtown together. If, that was honestly probably what preserved this. Right. Half the time us quote unquote hanging out was going to see the other person and saying they're why they worked. <laughs> Correct. We spent a lot of our time together while one was making money at the coffee shop and the other was drinking coffee at the coffee shop working on homework or something. <laughs> and then we'd swap. <laughs> <laughs> I love the coffee shop. I miss that place. I do too. I was looking at pictures. Actually, I was going to post something on Instagram talking about all the jobs we had. I really don't have that many pictures of me in uniform at all these various places because it really was like a white Oxford shirt in the worst shoes I've ever owned. Yeah. Um, but I found a picture and I forget, like there was some sort of Anderson university scavenger hunt and a group of people rushed into the coffee shop. They were holding a giant Tyrannosaurus Rex cardboard cutout. <laughs> and they said, can I take a picture behind the counter with you? And I found that picture the other day. It's like, Oh, Oh, and that and they were like, don't let anybody else behind the counter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That was the best part. They were negotiating. Like, do not let anyone else back here. Like, you have my word. You were the first. Neither of us worked at Mellow Mushroom with as many people in Anderson that worked there. That's true. And we knew a lot of the people that worked there. I mean, some of the people that worked there worked at the coffee shop. Yep. I'd say the most. same. <laughs> the same 10 people worked every single job in downtown Anderson. It's like that episode of Avatar where the guy just switches hats and he's like, I'm the fish vendor. And then he switches his hat back and he's like, I'm the ferry boat driver. It's just like, here's a pro tip. Don't ever ask a customer service worker to hang out outside of their job environment unless they ask you first. Absolutely. And you can tell when you're making somebody uncomfortable. And if you keep pushing it, you are the asshole in the situation. Actually, this reminds me of a great, there is a subreddit called Tales from Your Server. Great story from this lady. She said that her tried and true method for um, handling these types of situations where you are a female, you are waiting on somebody and they're making you uncomfortable. If it is a male specifically. You say, hi, I'm such and such. What's your name? No matter what name they give you, go, oh my God, that's my dad's name. That's so <laughs> weird. And then you ask them if they have children and the shame just starts to set in. That's pretty good. Yeah, she said it's worked for her every time. So pro tip. There. Okay, the creepiest customer interaction I ever had as far as like that kind of thing goes. Um 
the first one being that there was a guy that came around the counter at the coffee shop one time because he thought I was standing on a platform because I'm tall. I'm six one. So he thought I was standing on a platform. And when he peeked around and he saw that behind the counter was the same level, he was like, oh my God, you're my height. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, that's really cool. And he wrote down his, get this, not phone number, not Instagram username. He wrote down his Facebook URL. He knew his URL? His URL for me to plug into my computer and add him on Facebook. And I was like, no. But aside from that, that was the weirdest. But the creepiest one was a guy at Sullivan's who was hanging out with a presumed sex worker escort situation, if I had to guess. And every time I walked past him, because the section that he was sitting in was in front of my section, um, I would accidentally make eye contact with him. And you know, you're a customer service worker, so you have to smile. And so, like, every time I accidentally made eye contact with him, I just kind of, like, smiled or whatever. And, like, went about my business because I was fucking working. And then my way <laughs> out, um, I was taking dishes to the bar. And he was leaving. And he grabbed me by the arm. While he was out, I was holding, like, four wine glasses. <laughs> And he looks at me and he was like, you've been working here long? And I was like, well, like in the building, yeah, but I'm kind of new here. And he was like, oh yeah, I would have noticed you. And then he touched my hair <gasps> and he was like, your hair's really pretty. And I was like, thanks. And then he goes, you have really pretty teeth. Not like you have a good smile. He said, I like your teeth. I do like your teeth, but that's besides the point. They're fine. <laughs> They're teeth. <laughs> but like, ew. Don't touch me. Don't look at my teeth. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> when you have to pay to be in the company of a lady. <laughs> Mayhaps. It's not the best idea to approach other women. While they are at their job to make money, to earn a living, to continue to live, to approach them, grab them, and compliment their mouth bones. <laughs> oh, these. Every time I left that building, especially at night, I felt like I was beginning to wage a war for my life. Um, especially towards like the latter end of the, our time there, because I feel like... No offense, downtown Anderson. You know you have this problem. Downtown Anderson mm -hmm. has gotten a lot more shady over, like, it, or it got a lot more shady over, like, the six years that I worked at the coffee shop. Yeah. And uh, there were two times that I genuinely felt unsafe enough to call for help. The first time, a guy walked in. He was just asking me some really weird questions. And it, it was super late. It was, like, five minutes before closing. And he didn't really, like have a plan for what he wanted and he was just standing there kind of like awkwardly making weird chit chat and I'm doing chores to close it is very obvious we are the only two people standing in this room trying to get the hell up out of there mm -hmm. and uh I'm like okay cool like a lock up whatever and he's just asking me like how often do you work here you go to school around here what are you doing like just weird throwing red flags into the air yeah like 
looking at my keys, like weird, bad gut feeling. And when he left, I like closed the doors and I locked up everything. And thank God Sullivan's the same restaurant that we've been talking about is in the same building. It was like a nice suit shop, a coffee shop and this restaurant. So I walked back to the restaurant and I asked Chris, one of the guys working, Hey, do you mind walking me out to my car? This guy just came in super weird. I just feel better if somebody else is with me. And I trust all of the Sullivan's people. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've had them walk me to my car more than once. Yeah. Like, they very trustworthy group. Like, once you're in a group like this, and that's the thing about the serving industry or any kind of customer service is, like, there's sort of an understanding betwixt everyone that you're all going through the same thing. And yeah. maybe it's a little different male to female or whatever, but, like, they understand that some customers are just super weird. We all going through it. We all going through it. We all trying to make our way in this life. to address the public each and every day. So he walks me out of my car and the weird guy is sitting in an idling truck next to my car, backs up and hauls ass away from the parking lot. I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. I almost died. I almost died. Mm -hmm. Second instance, kind of the same thing happens. Um, Except this time. I don't know if it was a Sunday or if maybe my parents were just like out and about, but I, instead of getting a Sullivan's person to walk me out, I felt at the point that I was like, I need to call my dad because my, my family only lived five minutes away from this. I'm very fortunate in that they always told me, if you feel weird, just call me and we'll show up or whatever. So I didn't realize that my parents were actually a bike night because that was back when my parents were in motorcycles (laughs) and they were with a group of their friends. And so they all come rolling up on motorcycles and they park (laughs) on the sidewalk directly outside of the coffee shop. Personal escort. (laughs) And I walk out the side to a fleet of people on motorcycles. And the guy's like parked across the street. And as soon as he sees everything, he like backs out and leaves. And like, maybe he wouldn't have done anything. He was on the main road or whatever. But he was still going to like verbally accost me or some weird whatever. And it was just so nice. To be in the company of such loud, <laughs> scary looking people. And people. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I don't do that to anybody here because we have our own personal gang. <laughs> Roll up. And then there were some people downtown that you just knew weren't that dangerous. They like wouldn't waste their time on you. Like there was a guy, we'll call him James because that's his name. <laughs> we'll call him James because that's his God given name. I don't know what his real name is. It could be Rumpelstiltskin. Well, his James. I don't know. He couldn't give me any name. He lied to me about everything else. Why not his name? Old Jimmy. <laughs> so, James would come in. He came into every business downtown. Um, and he would just ask for, like, food or money. And every time it was a different story. One time, I went to visit Sydney at the coffee shop. We're leaving. I had just gotten groceries. He asked for food. I give him my bag of groceries. And he was like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. When I asked for money for food, I actually meant that somebody stole my daughter's VCR. <laughs> and I need money. Year, my Lord, 2017, I need to buy my daughter a new VCR. <laughs> and so he was like, oh my God, get her a DVD player. <laughs> Here's $100 to buy a DVD player. <laughs> so that was just your typical interaction with James. And he always started off the conversation by yelling at you from across the street 
Uh, miss. 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 And if he said, no, I don't have any money or like, no, I'm not going to help you out today or like, I can't do it today, whatever. He would leave you alone because he didn't want to waste his time. He really wasn't that bad of a guy. He was just hanging out. So Sydney got in the habit of just yelling at him from a distance. <laughs> not unsolicited. Not unsolicited, but he would look our way. He he was probably on some sort of medications or some sort of... He was under the influence of something because he constantly forgot who he had already asked for help. Um, or what stories he had told you. Yeah. So he would look our direction. He'd start walking in Sydney. VCR got stolen every week. <laughs> to Sydney, to save him some time, would stand, look at him, and just go, No! <laughs> Turn around and walk away. No, James. <laughs> Not today. Not today, James. 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 Street smarts. <laughs> this was not to say that we like never helped him out or whatever, because there probably was a time I had given him some well, cash him at some bag point. of groceries. More than once. He had give somebody a box of cereal one time too. It was him. He got like some turkey meat, some bread, and some uh, Fruit Loops. Well, besides, too, is after he said he didn't want the food, he still kept the food. And I was like, damn it. There, <laughs> there, goes, my, there goes my Fruit Loops. If you don't want to give it back. Yeah, like, don't get me wrong. I'm a bleeding heart hippie liberal, but these same characters come up to you constantly so much that you're on a first name basis and you're just like, man, you know, I'm out here hustling. Respect it and go ask an asshole about to go to Jay Peters. Leave me alone. <laughs> Yeah, true. Like, it was a recurring thing. This is, I don't, we don't mean to be heartless with this. It was just like, these were the typical characters you would see. Speaking of typical characters you would see, let's talk about Mr. Brown. <laughs> oh, Mr. Brown. <laughs> Sydney, you were the one that was working when Mr. Brown came in the first time, right? Yes. Indeed. I was working the morning and you were working at night. Because I worked that morning because I was there when this whole thing started. And then you worked at night, and then you were working the last time we saw him. Right. Right. Okay. So, um, here, let me start from the beginning, and then you can take over. Okay. So, <clears throat> I was working Saturday morning. You know what it is. We're all working. I was working Saturday morning. East City Java. Bop, bop, bop. And, um... He comes in. I love Saturday mornings, man. You make good dough, and then you off for the rest of the day. It's nice. He rolls up mm -hmm. like nine o'clock. I had just started my shift, and he seemed like a nice guy. He's like, "What's up?" And I'm like, "What's up?" And he's like, "Here's some money. Can I have a coffee?" And I was like, "Yes, of course." So I give him a coffee, and he proceeds to talk my ear off for twenty minutes, which wasn't like irregular, especially like with an older man. Like usually they would just stand there and kind of like drink their coffee and go off um like miss what was his name mr sams i was gonna say oh my gosh that just made me remember yeah. mr sams and i miss him so much i miss him too but mr um, sams if you ever hear this i want you to know that you were one of the brightest spots of working at that coffee shop i would legitimately get so happy when mr sams showed up i'd be like give me the tea what happened at disney world <laughs> so so this dude rolls up his name is mr brown Talks my ear off for 20 minutes. He eventually wanders into the lounge and I hear him just like, he keeps talking. And I was like, oh, is he on the phone or something? And I kind of peek in 
he's not on the phone and there's no one else in the lounge. And I'm like, ooh, I don't like that. Maybe he's just friendly and he thinks I'm still listening to him, whatever. Some people come in. It gets you like 10, 11 o'clock. He's still in there. He's talking to anyone that will listen to him. He has not taken a breath since he walked in. Talked. Nonstop. And then eventually, like, Colin came in to drop off supplies at like 2 or so. And around then, he kind of, like, found his way out because I think he saw Colin and he was like, oh, I'm going to go. Dude talked the whole time and then left and I assume you were working and I came back to hang out. So it's prom night. Sullivan's is one of the nicer restaurants in Anderson. So naturally, a lot of high schoolers are taking their dates there. And uh, he's standing outside and he's accosting everybody that walks in. And he's spouting what I would say is probably a cross between, like, conspiracies and, like, religious deliverance-type rhetoric. Yeah. None of it makes any sense, and he's just screaming it at people that walk in. I'm like, oh, great. This is... These are high school kids. They're going to be, like, especially freaked out by this. It's just not a good happening here. Well, then he walks into the coffee shop, and he's yelling conspiracy and religious rhetoric at us. Um, and he, it's, he's not just talking. He's, like, really yelling at us. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was foaming at the mouth. I remember that distinctly. He had this brown shit all over his face. Yeah, he was talking so much that he was foaming at the mouth. And you could tell, like, he clearly was off some sort of medicine that he needed to be on. Or, like, again, he was under the influence of something. Um, and... It would appear by the time the police showed up that they were like pretty familiar with this guy and the situation. As he's talking to me, uh, Sydney grabs the phone and she walks upstairs because at this coffee shop, it was sort of like a lifted storage area that you had to walk up the world's steepest ladder to get to. I'm shocked I never fell down that thing. Oh, I did fall down that thing. <laughs> uh, I've come down. I felt pretty proud of myself. One time I came down with like four gallons of milk and like three giant things of ice cream and I was like, Fuck with me. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah, walking down that ladder and holding, like, 15 bags of cups and just leaning back for stability was, like, the best feeling. Like, ah, yes, I run this place. (laughs) Um, So, anyway, Sydney walks upstairs, and I'm sitting here, like, every once in a while, like, saying, like, oh, yeah, weird, cool, tell me more. And Sydney, meanwhile, upstairs, is quietly leaning into the phone, like, hey, can you, like, send an officer here? Because, like, we got children in this building and this man is screaming and foaming at the mouth. <laughs> please, please hurry. And the police station's only, like, two minutes walking away from us. So it's like, ah, oh, they're going to send somebody. We got to put them on trespass. Like, don't come in here. Don't harass these kids. Don't scream at baristas. So they come in. They take him outside and they're like, all right, hey, listen. Uh, don't be coming back in here anymore. He's like, okay, I understand. And they don't arrest him or anything. They just tell him he's on trespass. Stay away. You know, take a lap. Sydney? I have to leave for whatever reason. Usually I didn't leave, but I guess I had to be somewhere. And um, I still heard him yelling outside because they were like, there's nothing we can do. Like, once he's out of the building, like, the sidewalk is public property. We can't tell him to leave. And I was like, okay. And um, so I get one of the Sullivan's guys to walk me to my car. 
and we kind of try to sneak around the side while he's yelling at prom children. <laughs> and um, he looks at me, and he sees me, and he goes, why did you do that? Why did you do that? I'm going to get you fired. I'm going to kill you. And I was like, oh, that's not very nice, Mr. Barham. I wish you wouldn't. <laughs> like, I sure wish that you wouldn't do that. It was the end of that day. I got home went to sleep i was not murdered that night so and i did not lose my job <laughs> so this was a weekend that's why i forget that i was someone working because i opened i closed that saturday and i opened that sunday when i opened that sunday that's the only day that the restaurant wasn't open so i'm in the building by myself and those are the worst that shit's spooky it is spooky. It's an old building. It used to be a hardware store. It's been around since forever. It's it's real spooky. So I'm by myself. And who walks in but my favorite person, Mr. Brown. Oh, Mr. Brown. And so he's walking up to the counter. I'm thinking, oh, hell, I hope he doesn't remember me from last night. And of course he does. And he gets like three words out of his mouth. I'm sorry. I lied to you about the order of this situation. Let me start over. One of the people that was a police officer in downtown Anderson walks in he is one of my favorite people that ever came in he comes in he orders a smoothie i think he has to go to the bathroom or something so he's like i'll be back so he walks to the back room and walks mr brown and mr brown is talking to me and i'm like oh my god i'm trying to make this smoothie for <laughs> comes back and mr brown has like wandered his way out of the door and he's standing in the lobby and <laughs> looks at him he looks back at me he looks down at his drink real heavy and he goes mr brown knows i gotta take his ass to jail he knows <laughs> i gotta take his ass to jail and he leaves his smoothie at the counter i was like don't oh. worry about it i'll drink it and he's like cool 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 he doesn't pay for it or anything because i'm like there's no point i know you can't carry it and this man at the same time so he turns around and he's like mr brown go outside mr brown <laughs> and, he got, and mr brown got a wonderful night in the city jail <laughs> and then he stopped messing with baristas and he never came back in after that but i just will never forget him looking at the counter remember kenny <gasps> oh my gosh i completely forgotten about him wait wait kenny was the one that was friends with that weird religious fanatic guy that would like showed us a video of the religious like missionary group teaching some tribe in africa english and then he turned out to be a pedophile that guy she's not joking like this is the kind of shit we had to put up with we were in high school <laughs> we were like handling the intricacies of the politics of, like this small town oh gosh man kenny was a handful sometimes kenny would walk in wearing a trash bag and sometimes he'd walk in wearing a three-piece suit i know he was a roller coaster that man yeah and he would put on between 10 and 100 pounds between every time i saw him Oh, did I ever tell you about the time some dude tried to steal my tips and I yelled at him so much he put more tips in the tip jar than he had taken? <laughs> yeah, we had to trade out tip jars like five times because people would just grab it and run. Yeah. Eventually we were sitting there like, okay, do we glue the jar to the counter? <laughs> if we get to the point where like, I would just like, usually it was better if you had some tips in there to encourage people to tip. But I would just kind of like trade it out and I'd put like a dollar in there to be like, someone tip me. <laughs>
there were multiple customers that would come in that would like help me with my homework sometimes. Like there was a guy that worked at the Edward Jones across the street. He printed me out uh, some of their trading advice one time for a stock market project I was doing. That was pretty dope. If I ever have money, I'm going to let him be my financial advisor. He seemed like he knew what he was doing. Like he, he had, unlocked. he looks pretentious enough that I was just like, yeah, okay. he handled it. And he was like one of the few people that actually like kept up with his running tab. Like the, the people that were the best were the people that prepaid and knew that they were going to be in there every day. Yep. They would just come in, put a $50 like bill on the counter and be like, all right, I'll see you in three weeks. There were some characters. <laughs> it's amazing how many people would straight up lie to our faces. Mm-hmm, and just mm-hmm. be like, you are dumb, girl. Believe me when I tell you I sold all of my positions and because I was going to move to Vietnam and then my car got stolen and I had all of my stuff in my suitcase, including my passport. So now I'm completely broke. Um, did I ever tell you? Okay, so he, his story was he was going to move to Vietnam to meet this woman who he was engaged to allegedly that he met on the internet and um he was like waiting to get his passport back so that he could do that and and also he always like sprinkled in extra details when he came in her family hated him did not want the marriage to happen so it was like really i didn't romeo and juliet situation yeah he would be like oh, oh. Her, her family disapproves wow yeah it was really romantic yeah, every once in a while I just think I'm like, I hope he's on the beach somewhere with his fiance and he's having a good time. And it, I mean, he his plan made sense if it was true because he was like, you can live for so much cheaper in Vietnam. Like a lot of people do retire to Vietnam. Like a lot of people will travel to like the Philippines and stuff like that because like healthcare is cheaper and you can afford like a better quality of life in some of these places because your dollar travels further. So like yeah. on paper, it sounded good. Yeah, I thought it was, like, I think he was in the service, and he had been to Vietnam, because he would talk about how pretty the beaches are, and how much he liked it, so I think he was, like, trying to get back and retire there. The weirdest thing about this godforsaken planet that we live on are the people, and you just see so many people all the time. Um, and people, like, really turn it on, too. Like, you really do have to get into a mindset. Like, you... Like, for instance, the woman that trained me at FATS, she turned it on. She was from, like, Jersey. She had a thick, like, Jersey accent. And she was, I don't know how to describe. Um, there was a certain kind of woman that just, like, knows who she is and what she, what she, what she wants. And she's really mm. assertive. And she takes no shit. And she tells you. And every breath that she takes no shit. And she will tell you, I'm the kind of girl that takes no shit. It's like, okay, cool. And she was so nice to me because I was like barely 18 um, when I started working there. And she was training me and she walks over a table and she goes, you just follow me and you listen to how it goes. Whenever they take their first couple of bites of food, you want to walk over and make sure everything came out okay. I follow her over to the table she looks at this woman and this man, super sweet, and she goes, Is everything still tasting good? Is everything still tasting good? And then she turned back to me. And like three hours later, she's like, The dishwasher sent me a dick pic. Do you want to see it? His dick is tiny. 
<laughs> and so we're standing around in the kitchen and she's so still tasting <laughs> can i get y'all any more napkins is everything still tasting good <laughs> meanwhile she's showing me the other five waitresses, a waiter, the manager, and three of the kitchen staff, some poor dishwasher's tiny dick pigs. <laughs> so it's a whole level, man. It's a whole extra level. Well, I don't think we can top that, so we might as well wrap it up. Um, okay, well, I have a different quote from Anthony Bourdain. Let's end it on this. Oh, God bless his soul. So who the hell exactly are these guys, the boys and the girls in the trenches? You might get the impression... The impression from the specifics of my less-than-stellar career that all line cooks are whacked-out moral degenerates, dope fiends, refugees, a thuggish assortment of drunks, sneak thieves, sluts, and psychopaths. Yeah. It wouldn't be too far off base. <laughs> <laughs> the business as reserved... The business, as respected three-star chef Scott Bryan explains it, attracts fringe elements, people for whom something in their lives has gone terribly wrong. Maybe they didn't make it through high school... Maybe they're running away from something, be it an ex-wife or rotten family history, trouble with the law, a squalid third world backwater with no opportunity for advancement, or maybe like me, they just like it here. Oh, that's so sweet. sweet. I super recommend everybody read that book. This one goes out to all the people we met in our customer service jobs. This we goes out to like all the degenerates. <laughs> We ourselves are degenerates. We're probably weird to all the people, too. I just spilled wine in my bed, so don't feel bad. <laughs> and with that, <laughs> goodbye. And with that, good night. <laughs>